Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops presents Moment in the Valley. That's right. This is Silicon Steve Valley. And every other day, we're going to go to a new podcast here for your listening pleasure right here on Spotify. We're talking the world of professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, it is April 26, 2022. And thank you so much for listening. Please like us here on Spotify. And you can check us out on our YouTube page, High Spots and Cheap Pops. It would be greatly appreciated. And we're getting going, folks, talking WWE Raw last night. We're going to get into Hangman Adam Page and what has gone wrong in his title reign that many people are kind of confused about as to why he hasn't really moved the needle as champion. We're going to get into the reasons why on that later in this episode. So here we go for your moment in the valley. So, last night, Monday Night Raw, very good. It was a kind of a tribute show to Randy Orton in many ways. Opened the show with a great ceremony. And I tell you what, it has absolutely been a joy. I'm so glad they have let RK-Bro kind of evolve into this monster babyface creation. And RK-Bro and Matt Riddle are arguably the most popular, quote-unquote, babyface. I know they're two guys, but their act is the biggest babyface in WWE, I would argue even more so than Cody Rhodes at this point in time. Certainly more than Bobby Lashley. Let's be real for a second. Uh, and Drew McIntyre. Let's, you know. So, and all of a sudden, with this tribute to Randy Orton, and he hit Kevin Owen with an RKO during the first segment, which was really well done. Had all these different storylines working together with Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes. That's how you build excitement. You have all these characters working together within the story. It's something that AEW... Did a lot with, particularly during the Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega uh, feud, and certainly with the CM Punk MJF feud. There's all these little sub feuds happening around it. And one thing to notice about this particular segment, and if you didn't see it, it was a 20-year anniversary celebration. Matt Riddle hosted it, introduced Randy Orton, then he introduced Cody Rhodes, and that was the first interaction between Cody and Randy since Cody got blonde hair and put a stupid tattoo on his neck. I'm just kidding, Cody. We love you. Um, and, you know, a little bit of apprehension from Randy Orton. You see that. So that, And also some of the, the interview later on will suggest that there's going to be some interaction between Randy and Cody down the road. But uh, point being, though, they've let our key bro really evolve. You see that there's really a friendship and a love between these guys. Randy Orton specifically gave him a shout-out saying that it's because of Riddle that he's having more fun than he's ever had in his career. So there's a lot of really beautiful moments here, and this relationship has built so nicely. I really hope they don't break him up. I know there's some people speculating he might turn on him after they do the Usos. I don't think so. Because you're in a position right now where where this is going. Involving the Usos, you might get Roman Reigns involved. And Roman Reigns then has two guys that can keep him busy until WrestleMania to The Rock. Or to SummerSlam to Cody Rhodes. Either way, you can have him face Orton at a, at a pay-per-view and you can sell it really well. And you can have even Riddle battle Roman at a pay-per-view. Obviously not a big pay-per-view. I think Orton could be SummerSlam. I think a lot of people were just expecting Cody to win at SummerSlam. Or at least Cody to challenge at SummerSlam. 
they could probably make it where Randy Orton and Roman Reigns go main event there. They really could because Randy Orton, this is a different Randy Orton. Still the same wrestler in the ring, but he's a kind of, he's a babyface now, and he's and he seems like he's enjoying it. I've never seen him enjoy being a babyface before. And I thought a lot of his promos last night during his promos, because he cut one uh, in a WWE exclusive, WWE.com exclusive uh, post Raw interview, which was really good too, which was stoked in reality. He just said he was happy, but he he said. Never had more fun than he's having right now. He's thanking the fans. And I think there's a real part of that, a Randy Orton coming in to this point. He's actually embracing being a babyface, which is something he's never done before. And he said that. He says he hates being a babyface, or he'd really rather be a heel. He likes being a heel. I know most, most really great wrestlers do because they have more freedom to develop their character. So Orton does exemplify that, and he cut a really... Awesome promo at the end saying that he's happy. Can drive home, had a great respect, gave out four RKOs in the main event. And reminded he gave a, a fifth one earlier in the night. He, he KO'd, RKO'd Kevin Owens. So a really great night to see Randy Orton this happy. And I really, th- so they can really spin this with the, with the Usos possibly going over on RK Bro, which I think most people are expecting. You could turn that, maybe Roman interferes in that situation, and all of a sudden he you have two guys that you could play with. Also, Roman could face maybe Riddle on a, on a SmackDown. And something happens where now RK Randy Orton loves this kid Riddle. He's not a kid, he's in his mid-30s, but Randy Orton has said he's his friend. He's never used that word in his entire career. So that is a guy you can use to motivate Randy to go after Roman. And also develop even more sympathy and love for Randy Orton defending his friend. You could have Roman Reigns, quite simply, Roman Reigns and the Usos, put Matt Riddle out. And maybe Matt Riddle misses a month or two. You could keep him off TV for, for a month or two while Orton, while Randy Orton faces Roman Reigns. Defending his friend's honor. The only person he's ever called a friend in his life. You can build that to a great main event at SummerSlam. You really could. At this point in time, which I don't think was possible two months ago. I mean, we were, we were talking about who's who's Roman going to defend against? Who's Roman going to who's going to keep Roman busy before Cody and eventually The Rock next year? Who's going to do it? Well, I know we've seen Randy Orton and Roman Reigns a thousand fucking times, but this is a different Roman Reigns and it's a different Randy Orton. These are the best versions of themselves that I've ever seen. I never loved Randy Orton as the cold, calculating heel. I thought he was good, but I never—I always thought it was kind of whatever. This babyface version of Randy Orton, which I think, think comes from possibly even more of a real place at this stage of his career, I think this is a brilliant part of Randy Orton, RK-Bro. And you could do a lot with the storyline, and now you could keep Roman busy and keep Cody off to maybe the Royal Rumble. And then maybe you have Cody drop the belt at the, or, or sorry, Roman drop it to Cody at the Rumble, setting up the Rock Roman, because you probably don't need the title for the Rock Roman match. Because you certainly know Roman is not losing the championship to the Rock. The Rock's not going to start being a champion again. So there's no way Roman can lose that match anyway. So I would not have the title involved in that match. I would do it a la John Cena, Rock won. That match does not need the title. And then you could have Cody maybe go against Randy. Maybe Randy turns heel then. 
I mean, I just wrote, WWE, you're fucking welcome. I just wrote your, your next year worth of fucking television. You are fucking welcome. Man, I'm great. And you can build that Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes friendship. And then boom, Randy turns on Riddle and Cody. So you keep RK Bro together until next early next year. I just booked two. I just booked two big matches for WrestleMania next year already. Rock Ro- Rock Roman, Cody, and RKO for the big title. Oh my God! You guys are welcome. Holy shit! I am fucking brilliant. Boom. And that'll be part of Randy's character because Randy, to no avail, is going to lose to Roman. So Cody wins the Royal Rumble and Ro- and our and Randy Orton is bitter because Cody got the job done where he didn't. My god, I am brilliant. I just did this on the air just as I was thinking about this. Oh my gosh. I don't know how brilliant I am. I was just kidding. But uh actually absolutely a great raw last night. Some other things happening that were very interesting. Sonya Deville looks like she's going to have a couple of lackeys, but unwilling lackeys, which I don't like. That's part of the storyline. Why is she still able to do that? Also, Zelina and Carmella, look, if that's what they're going to be, it really goes against both their characters. If they're going to be these docile submissives to the dominatrix that is the beautiful and talented Sonya Deville. I'm into BDSM, so I made those jokes. TMI, I know. Um... (laughs) But that being said, uh, they did a good job continuing to build the Omas and Bobby Lashley feud. You kind of saw what happened. It's, that happens in every arm wrestling situation. Babyface looks like he's going to win. He'll attacks him and gets over that way. It happens literally everyone or the pose down. Remember the Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude had that pose down? You knew Rick Rude was going to fucking beat up the Warrior. That's going to set that shit up. Everyone remembers that. Come on. But, uh, yeah, a, overall a great Raw. The ending was basically Randy Orton beating everybody with an RKO. And a great tribute show. So I really like what they're doing with Raw. And I have to be honest, folks. Raw's been better than Dynamite the last month, I would say. And I I have not said WWE product is better than AEW since AEW debuted. This is the first time I'm doing it. And that is how we segue into Hangman Adam Page, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be real. We all love Hangman. I love Hangman. He was part of what I have called the greatest long-term storytelling in the history of the business with Kenny Omega and himself. I love him. Love his spirit. He always has great matches. So this is not a slight on Hangman. It's a slight on whoever's responsible. And I don't know who how the creative works. I guess ultimately it's Tony Khan. But I figured out and identified the problem with Hangman Adam Page. What made Hangman Adam Page so appealing and what made him to the point where he could beat one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen, probably my favorite in Bell to Bell ever, other than maybe Bret Hart, is Kenny Omega. And... He was raised up. He had that beautiful moment at full gear. Story completed. Beautiful moment. And he beat Kenny Omega and it was great. And ever since then, it has not been very great. It hasn't been very good, folks. It's been good in terms of in-ring. Yes, the matches. He has not had a bad match or even not a great match since he's been champion. Every single title match he has had has been brilliant. 
So this is not a slight on the in-ring performing. The problem is, where's the emotion? Where is the tangible reason why Hangman gets up every single morning? Is it just to be the best? That's not what his character was based on. They have not told the story of Hangman the character since he won that belt. He's just been an ass-kicking cowboy. That's it. The only time it's been semi-interesting is when he has had interaction with the Young Bucks on screen. And I don't know. And let's go. And will you want me to examine it? I will. Adam Cole, Adam Page. It wrote itself. This should have been a feud that was brilliant. This should have been a feud that in no way should have taken a backseat to anything. Even MJF and CM Punk. Because the title was involved. These guys are good enough where they should have went out there and made you care. And neither one of them achieved that. It's just that simple. Did anybody really have an emotional investment on who won Adam Cole or Adam Page? Nobody. Eh, he might win. He might not. Eh, I hope not. I don't think he should. Cole should be the guy. That was the only argument I heard. I didn't hate Adam Cole and I didn't love Adam Page in this feud. Same thing with Lance Archer and Hangman in their mini feud that they had. Hangman is not emotionally investing people, getting people invested rather. It's just that, and I hate to say it because I love Hangman, but it's just that simple. There is nothing that they are doing in terms of building storylines, building reasons, because Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole, they mention the Bullet Club stuff. They mentioned how they're all in line with the Young Bucks and what have you. And again, they're probably saving it for down the road with Kenny coming back and all that. But here's the reality. The only time that storyline was interesting is when the Young Bucks and Hangman were on the screen together. The crowd popped. That was the only time I felt anything. Other than that, it just seemed like generic promos of Adam Cole's the best. No, Adam Page thinks he's the best. Adam Page is going to kick Adam Cole's ass. Adam Cole is going to win the title. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't anything substantial. Nothing emotionally got me involved with Adam Cole and Adam Page. And that's been the problem with Hangman. You need emotion in this business. And if you're trying to get a character and everything I have learned in in my training with Samu and talking with some, some absolute brilliant people within the business of professional wrestling, I'm telling you, emotion is what makes the world go round. Not the in ring performing alone. The in ring performing is the part of the story that we must tell and it must be good. But if you don't have a story as the bedfellow to that ring, then you're just playing to, quite frankly, just the people who love technical, great wrestling. And there's not enough people in the world who strictly love that enough to make their a priority to watch every single week. So you, as bell to bell, as great as Hangman's matches have been, and they've been brilliant, I haven't given a fuck. I haven't cared. And I think not a lot of people have cared, and that's the problem, because there is a problem. It's not Hangman as a professional wrestler. He's one of the better ones in the world. He's probably a top 25 guy, but he's not a top 10 guy, and he's your world champion. He's not even a top 10 wrestler in the world right now. I mean, I know he is inherently because he's the AEW world champion, but I can name 10 guys off the top of my head that he's not that I'd rather see 
cut a promo and, and watch him the ring. And you can too. If you think, you can too. And this is the thing, AEW fans. I love AEW. I want them to succeed. I want them to be bigger than WWE because I like the guy who starts out at nothing and works his way up to big to, to greatness. By the way, I am fully aware Tony Khan is a billionaire and his father gave him billions of dollars to do this. I am aware of that. But when I say start from nothing, I mean he didn't have a wrestling company and he's building one. Yes, he has the finances, but the reality is I'm rooting for AEW and I love AEW. And Dynamite, even though I said earlier Raw has been better than Dynamite the last month, Dynamite's still been really good. Just WWE has upped their game on Raw. And SmackDown's been a fucking disaster. An unmitigated disaster. Drew McIntyre is absolutely a shell of what he was two years ago in terms of popularity. Which was something that the WWE was counting on. They were counting on a Roman Drew feud. Which they could still do, but it's not going to be that big of a deal right now. Drew McIntyre is not a big deal as he was two years ago. And his time, I believe, is done in terms of being a possible world champion for any sustained time. He's certainly not beating Roman Reigns. So that's your top babyface on SmackDown. Sami Zayn is brilliant, and I love everything he does. Charlotte and Ronda are still horrible and a disaster, and I don't watch. I fast forward. I catch a couple highlights, and it's always stupid. Every fucking time. So, I'm not a WWE homer at all. And if anyone listens to me, they know that. And they know that I think Kenny Omega is the greatest wrestler in the world right now. They know that I think that AEW has been by far the best show wrestling show on TV since its debut. This is the first time in almost three years, two and a half years, that I think one of the WWE shows is putting out a better product more consistently over some time. And Raw has done that. Everything they're doing with Raw, with Cody and with RK-Bro and with Alpha Academy and with just a host of others, the Street Profits, Raw has been a much better show. And again, I'm not, I don't, WWE took real professional wrestling away from us for 20 years. In terms of grand scale, grandiose pop culture. They took it away from us. They put everybody out of business and decided to develop their own version of pro wrestling. And it became pop music. Overproduced. You tell the talent exactly what to say, exactly how to perform, and exactly what to do. It became in a great respect, other than a few great pro wrestlers that have earned their way to get their own little bit more creative freedom. They became a pop music label for professional wrestling. So WWE is not a company that I am shy about being negative about. AEW, though, has some issues and they need to fix them within the next few months. Because for the first time in a while, I don't see the product going in an upward tick. Now, that being said, we'll see how everything progresses to double or nothing and everything progresses to... Forbidden Door, which is going to be really exciting, but they have to start doing more with the with the Blackpool Combat Club. Those are two of your biggest names. I'm talking Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Two of your biggest names right now. They're a mid card tag team, and they're popular. They're over. People love them. 
They got to have a bigger impact, and they got to start doing it. They got to start having main event moments. You got to have Brian Danielson cut a promo here and there. You have to start giving them a meaningful feud. So I was down on AEW this time last year, particularly with the Cody Rhodes build with Tony or Anthony Agogo or whatever the fuck that dude's name is. In that disaster, which really was the beginning of the end of Cody Rhodes' AEW career, if you look back. That of the tattoo. But maybe they're just kind of saving things and he just had to get past a month. Similar to a year ago, they really put, a lot, I think, a lot of storylines on hold for a couple reasons. One, there was COVID and they wanted the crowd to be part of the Hangman Kenny stuff. And... Also, Kangman was having a baby, so they were. that's one of the reasons they prolonged that storyline. But they prolonged a couple other storylines, I think, to have the crowd reaction. So that being said, maybe they're doing that now with Double or Nothing for some reason, but it's been a lull. It's been a big-time lull, and, uh, I, and I identify the problem with Hangman. You have got to give him an emotional story, and I'm hoping this will happen with CM Punk, but the problem is CM Punk's beating it. Right? So... The, the, this is going to be a great story, and it's something that CM Punk is going to bring the best out of Adam Cole because CM Punk knows how to tell a story. I'm not saying Adam Cole doesn't, and I met Adam Page before. I'm not saying Adam Page or Adam Cole doesn't, but CM Punk's going to make sure there's a lot of emotion in this storyline between he and Hangman. And I think it's a good idea. Hangman took a drink for the first time in a while on uh, the Good Friday match with Adam Cole on Rampage. You saw him take a drink, and it might have been the second time. But Hangman is going to start drinking, and CM Punk, straight edge. The problem is, does that make CM Punk a dick? CM Punk is going to be a dick in this battle. they got to be very careful with this, because if you want CM Punk to have a big babyface championship run, you got to be careful with this, because Hangman's so overly popular. Despite the fact he's not moving the needle one bit, and we just identified why. But this feud with Punk is going to have your emotions, I would predict. Punk is one of the best in the world, no pun intended, at building emotions during a feud. He's been doing it his entire career. Not just since AEW, but in Ring of Honor, in the Independence, the guy has always been very, very, very aware of the emotional and psychological story he is telling. The guy's one of the best to ever do it, and he's going to get the best out of Hangman Adam Page here, and then I think you'll see a shift in, in the title picture in AEW. But they had to finish the Hangman story, and I think they wanted to give him a good title run, but Hangman needs to lose his title sooner than later. And if it's CM Punk, great, but they just have to be careful how they're going to book this because you don't want your big baby face, arguably your biggest baby face on your roster, CM Punk, turning heel because Hangman's so popular. So he wouldn't be the biggest baby face if he, he's the one that goes heel. But CM Punk is inherently a dick. He's straight edge. Most wrestling fans are not. You know, so there, there is that weird uh, way you can book. And we've seen Eddie Kingston get pops over CM Punk. So it, it, it's interesting how they're going to book it, how they're going to book CM Punk. Are they going to try to go in complete babyface or is he going to be more of a mid, you know, a, a, an in-between? I don't know. But anyway, this has been your moment in the Valley. Those are my two topics. Raw was great last night. Book Randy Orton and Cody next year, WrestleMania, for the championship. Roman and Rock. You have Cody. You have you have Cody go over and Roman at Royal Rumble, pissing off Randy Orton. 
turning heel on Cody and, Pro and Riddle as well early next year after Randy Orton fails to beat Roman at this year's SummerSlam. I just booked WWE your next just like they followed my advice and put Brian Danielson in the triple threat match at WrestleMania 30. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Silicon Steve Valley. Presented to you, your moment in the valley, presented by High Spots and Cheap Pops. I appreciate you guys so very much. Please like here on Spotify. Go on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for listening to the very end of this particular podcast. I'm Silicon Steve Valley for High Spots and Cheap Pops. Check you out. We will talk to you guys on Thursday.